Hi everyone, welcome to Three Slayers No Waiting. I am Matthew Rodriguez, one of our three amazing co-hosts, and we're back with Ian. Hi. And Joe. Hello. So, for those who were not, well, I mean, no one was in the room before we started pressing record, so <laughs> this is everyone who's listening. That's right. We were having a discussion about a line in the first episode where Buffy says to Cordelia, so Cordelia is giving Buffy a cool test. Right. And um, to, to judge whether they can be friends, and she mentions James Spader, and... Buffy's response is, he needs to call me. And that is the correct answer per Cordelia, a high school student in 1997. They are 16. 16 years old. We are launching a special investigation (laughs) into why does Buffy think that James Spader needs to call her in 1997. (laughs) So Joe Reed is going to lead this investigation. So initially, James Spader at one point in his life was... A sex symbol. Pretty in Pink was mid-80s. Sex Lies and Videotape was 89. That was a very sort of sexy movie. Around 96, 96... All right, so 96, he does that movie Crash, that David Cronenberg movie, where people have car crashes to get off on them. And he and Holly Not Hunter, Best Picture winner Crash. Not, not Best Picture winner Crash. Starring Loretta Devine no. and Sandra Bullock. This one Those is are actually, the two people I pick out from that movie, by the way. Loretta Devine and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> It's as good as anything. Like Jennifer Esposito. Ludicrous. Like, I think it was Chris Bridges in that movie. How dare you. Um, so, okay, 96, Crash, which neither Buffy nor Cordelia were watching any Crash. And then Two Days in the Valley, which I don't even remember seeing that movie. I couldn't tell you whether it was hot. Yeah. Then by 97, he's in that episode of Seinfeld with where he's working the bagel counter and like... He doesn't look like any particular sexiness. He's in a bunch of movies that I've never heard of, literally up until fucking 2002 when he's in Secretary. Which, again, there is sex in that movie. But I don't but think you Buffy watched... would not have known about it. Five, five years later. That's five years later. So, like, what is Buffy going on? Also, Buffy's not watching Secretary. No, like, oh, Stargate? He is in Stargate. He might. plays... Dr. Daniel Jackson in Stargate. But Though again, in 2002, Buffy is kind of dealing with just coming back from hell, so I don't think she was watching Secretary. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Or, no, she could have been in a very dark place and was like, this speaks to me on a sexual level. <laughs> no, but she because was, getting, she into, was getting into some stuff. Maybe, maybe Secretary was secretly her favorite maybe, movie. Yeah. Maybe that was a callback this movie needed to make. But, like, honestly, I feel like our conclusion has to be Buffy and Cordelia were magically both the same kind of weird 80s children who were, like, obsessed with old John Hughes movies, or, or Joss Whedon was obsessed know, with old John Hughes Yeah, movies. I think there's a little, like, yeah, homosociality with Which is, like, Joss technically, Whedon. the they're yes. not all... They're, like, all in their 20s, aren't they? Right. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar and, oh, like, when they made that? Charisma Carpenter. I could see that. So, I, I want to ask you, Joe, yes. and, well, both of you, really, because yes. as people who are older than me... Watch it. <laughs> oh, I mean, that is that is just a numbers fact. Fact. There's not an alternative fact. It's just, that is it's a, just fact. a fact come, that I'm come, young. Come to your dads and ask us a yes, question. Yes. Who, who should have been the heartthrob in '97 that Sarah Michelle Gellar asked, uh, spoke? About? I mean, it's very trite, but like this was kind of peak Brad Pitt, like yeah. Legends yeah. of the Fall, like that. Was that when was Thelma and Louise? Thelma and Louise was ninety one, but like oh, Legends okay. of the Fall was ninety four, and like ninety seven, he was making movies like The Devil's Own, where he was that like hot Irish terrorist or whatever. Okay. Like everything that Brad Pitt did in that era was like preceded by hot. So he was like, you know, even like in Twelve Monkeys, he was like the surprisingly hot uh, 
whatever mental patient. And wasn't it only like what two years later he did Fight Club? Oh yeah, like Fight Club oh, was yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like that. I mean, that would have been. I'm trying to think of who was hot on TV. Like the nine hundred two and O guys were sort of just passe at that yeah. point. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Luke Perry wasn't hot anymore at that Luke point. Perry, <laughs> Luke Perry was not. Was Joseph Gordon-Levitt like a teen? No. No, that would have still been in Third Rock. So and he wasn't like, even hot in Third Rock. Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No, um, uh, they did that car sitcom where they like were mechanics, and he's in 10 Things I Hate About You, but I can't remember what his name is. Oh, um, David Crumholtz? No, no, he's not Heath Ledger or David Crumholtz. It's the other guy. And he's in 10 Things I Hate About You. Is he Heath Le- Ledger? Was he in a TV show? I don't, I don't know. think so. Anyway. Well, let's, let's move back to Buffy. Andrew Keegan. That's what I'm Oh my of. god, of course. He wasn't in you. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And he absolutely was somebody I thought was cute back then. Yeah. So, yeah. so, like, that, so Buffy should have been calling Brad Pitt or Andrew Keegan. Yes. 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 Or even kind of, like, no. JTT was too young for her, but still. Maybe Devin Sawa. Anyway. She's 16. Yeah, but still, but you don't like How people who How old was JTT? Are, he was probably a little bit younger than that. You uh, don't, but you he tends to so like Devin Saw was a good answer though. You like yeah. people who are your age or older. Yes, a little bit older. I think, yeah, yeah. I think, but Devin Saw was it. Or as Cordelia was, would say, you date you date seniors because they have cars. Until you know who would have been a good one in that exact era is Gavin Rossdale. Would have been the oh answer. yeah. Hey, Buffy says something about Gavin Rossdale. Does she in the first two? I swear to you, I she would says believe something it because about he was him. at that moment. Yeah. In time. it's during the cool test. No, I'm gonna. You know, we have the magic of... So, you discussed something so, about yes. the episode. You were gonna, well, you, were gonna, you said, well, like, usually you like your age or older, and I was going to say, Unle- until you're 34 and watching Riverdale... Oh, right. ...and really upset when Archie's shirtless <laughs> exactly. and you find out he's, like, 19. No, exactly. <laughs> or even, like, God, and Jughead feels, like, even, like, weirder, because I know what he looked like as a child. <laughs> I don't like that. But he's at like least older. Isn't he, like, 24? I hope so. <laughs> 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 sidebar sidebar Riverdale's amazing yeah. anyway anyway <laughs> the legacy of the WB lives on for sure in Riverdale oh yeah like we can say that <laughs> but we're gonna talk about Harvest which yeah. is the second part of the Buffy two part premiere which aired right after Welcome to the Hellmouth it picks up right from when uh, <coughs> what is his name Luke Luke yeah big potato faced vampire jumps into the casket with her which has its own, you know, odd sexual connotations, which yeah. again, Buffy's fighting the patriarchy pretty hardcore <laughs> in the series. And certainly in the premiere, they want to establish that. Yes, because it's all like, yeah. Did you find that? Anything? No, I didn't. Okay. Oh. But I swear she I mentions Gavin I know she Rossell. does mention Gavin Rossell at some point in the series, because like, of course she It's going to bother me, but we'll anyway. We'll figure it out. We'll Readers, going. get back at us. Yeah, by, by the time you're listening to this, we'll have figured it out, but yell at us as if we have not. So, tweet at me. Tweet at him, Matthew Rodriguez. Slide in my DMs about Gavin Rossdale. This is all your plan this entire time. Well <laughs> I done. only wanted this podcast to get more DM sliding. So, okay, do you feel like Darla gets too much of a hard time from the Master for not Holland and Buffy? Like, he's very mean to her about, like, but he's she brought so- him Jesse. But she also tasted Jesse, and he was super pissed. But maybe she was, like, that court taster who, like, tasted Jesse to make sure he wasn't poisonous. Did, did Buffy ever do that thing that other vampire things do about, like, oh, like, this blood isn't good because you've been, like... Oh, they did it in, like, Go Fish, right? Where, like, the the blood of everybody who was, like, doping for swimming, uh, for the swim team, like, yes. tasted bad. Anyway. But don't they also, at one point, they make a joke. It's, like, an, it's not a, a real thing, but it's a joke, I think, about, like, that um, certain, 
like vampires will like you know, like be positive or O negative more. Yes. Like they yes. joke around with like blood Can I types tell you, tasting different. I'm 36 years old and I don't know my blood type. It's bizarre. It's strange. I'm 34 years old and I don't know either. Uh, I think I know it, but I don't want to say it because well, I don't, don't want to get I don't want to I don't want to get doxxed or anything. What if somebody stalked <laughs> you because of your blood type? What if there was like a B negative like obsessive out there? Been, like. No, I think I know. You. I think I know it. I think my mom's told me. I, I believe I. I think I've asked my parents, and my mom's like, I don't know. I'm sure it's written down somewhere. God, I hope I never get into a bad car accident. Anyway, Harvest, the Harvest. Did you guys think this was a better half of the premiere than the first half? No, I think or? the first half is is stronger. Yes, I think that the writing is stronger in the first half. Um, I think that I actually think that the second half has so many. Just like there were so many times, I was just like, "Why? Like, why? <laughs> why do you have a plan for the end of the world and it revolves around the bronze? Like, why does the, why apocalypse, is the bronze part of any? Why does the plan? apocalypse have to start at the bronze? That is not any, does he any prophecy. That, like, like, young blood is better for him because, like, I guess if you wanted to find like teenagers, like the master does say in the first episode, he says, "Like, I want them young." Okay. But I think that's a little, like, because he's been away for so... It's like a veal joke, in a way. Oh, okay. I think it's like a joke about it's young... decent... I mean, I, sure. But but I but I don't... So I'm, I think he was asking, like, is it part of the prophecy that they need to be a certain age, and that's why he would go to the bronze? Because I don't see why you, like, sp- plan your apocalypse around the bronze. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be an age requirement for the bronze, right. so... I thought no. the strongest stuff in the harvest was... Buffy getting Xander and Willow up to speed on yes. her her existence as a Slayer, watching sort of Xander and Willow click into what their roles are eventually going to be in the soon-to-be-named Scooby gang. Like, I mean, they do have, like, at the very beginning of the episode, they have, like, an interaction where he's like, I'm going with you. Like, right after she tells them all about vampires. Yes. And he's like, I'm going with you. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm the Slayer. You're not. And, like... He's like, oh, I get it. I'm not a man. And like, they oh my set God, up, that is, I, I can't. Win. That sets back with your toxic masculinity, but Xander. It, that sets up everything for both of them for me. Right. Like, yeah. That's Buffy's like, I'm a loner bullshit. But wait. And that's Xander's toxic masculinity machismo bullshit. Because, so there are so many mirrors to season seven because obviously yeah. they have the very ending that is mimicked in the last right. episode. But that fight that they have about like, Power, which season seven, that's what the whole theme is. Yeah, they just keep having that same argument. Season seven about power. I don't remember them saying that. (laughs) It was so subtle. It was so subtle. But like, I'm a season seven apologist. I actually like season seven. (laughs) We'll get there. But the that discussion they have is almost like word for word the same discussion where um, Xander's like, "Don't do it again." Where you ice us all out, like you know. Yeah. He's like he. It's like. At this, I feel like, you know, their friendship has lasted seven years. You should know that's the way it is yeah. at that point. But it is, like, an exact... It's, like, it, it kind of shows that they're still true to who they are in a lot of ways. Well, and also, like, episode two Buffy, like, her version of not wanting this sort of burden and power on her is even a little bit... Is a lot different than the season seven version of Buffy, who's just like, I'm just tired. I just don't... You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she'd been through it. We're like, season one Buffy is just like... <laughs> This is a goddamn hassle. I don't right. want to do this. This is stupid. Season this makes me a freak. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> season oh seven Buffy's just tired. Season, I think, well, She's I think weary. when we get to season seven podcasts, one of us should have to read a Buffy monologue <laughs> on every per episode. Per episode. Yes. In our own voice. Oh my God. There's enough of them to go around for damn sure. To the point where they like started like making fun of it by the end, which is like, I get it. Another monologue. Like, 
Yeah, yeah just Andrew literally is like, yeah. oh, she's giving you another speech, and like shuts the door. <laughs> oh, what do you think Andrew was doing in the Buffyverse in like season right? one? Like, was he Waiting in, like, for James Spader to call him? Because yeah. he would have been, yeah. been there. Like, Yeah, oh god, he was having like illicit gay crushes and he couldn't tell anybody about it. He would have yeah. been in like, what, seventh grade or something? Like... Yeah, Do they mention that that he's supposed to be younger? I never know if they like. Well, him. well he's Tucker's point, younger brother. Oh, and, right, and Tucker yes. was in their grade. So yeah, I yeah. think he's like a couple years younger than them at that point. And that point, they're which sort means of... in season six when he's a when he's a villain and they're twenty one, twenty two, he's like nineteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I um, never be so ambitious when I was nineteen. I know. Fuck, absolutely not. I was barely going to classes. At 19. Yeah. Um. So, all right. Do we think Angel, like, Angel didn't get better even by the second episode, right? No, because... more Angel than ever. In this episode, he helps her get into the tunnel, but doesn't even go with her. Right. Like, so that's the thing we were talking about, is that, like, Buffy, at this point, can barely handle, like, a vampire by herself. Yeah. Without, like, an extended clunky fight. So, like, I feel like if Angel really did know all this stuff about her, and he, like, knew the Master's plan and stuff like that, like, why... Didn't he go down with her to help her? Well, I, I feel like in this early going of season one, I think we're still supposed to not be sure whether Angel is even a good guy or a bad yeah. guy. Because by the time the Darla episode happens, you're still supposed to wonder whether he's going to turn on Buffy. Yeah. yeah. And so I think they were trying to keep that card in their pocket. But like even when she's like... I forget what she asks him about, like, why aren't you going to come in and help him? And he's like, I'm scared. Yeah. But he says it in this very, like, sexy, like, I'm scared. Like, he doesn't know how to, <laughs> know how to deliver the line. I was going to say, So he yeah. says it very coy, and I'm like, I don't think that's what you're supposed to be doing here, David. Yeah. Like, like why isn't Buffy like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right, he almost, like, runs his hands through his hair when he says it. It's just like, no, this isn't, like, a preening moment. <laughs> like, either you're legitimately scared, which, like, that would help sell the master yeah. as a big scary person, or you're not, and you're just being a wise ass. But like, like, neither one of those two things come through in that line reading. Let's talk about Xander's arc in this episode okay. because his arc is really about him. Uh, it's really about like his relationship with Jesse. Yes, and him needing to see Jesse. I mean, Z- Giles gives him that talk where he's like, "That is not Jesse. That is the demon that took Jesse." Like, yeah. Yes. And it's very Giles is being a good dad, which yeah. Xander he... doesn't have. Oh my gosh! We'll find out later. Yikes. Oh my god! <laughs> you damn harsh. Use some lube next Xander. time. <laughs> okay, who's gonna make the case for Xander's dad? First of all, who among you two? I was trying to for that. Making it for Xander. Yeah. I jeez. Um. So I'm just saying, Giles is being you know yes. a good role model. Well, I mean to be fair, Giles is the better dad than all their dads. That's, yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh my god. No, Giles is the dad. Yeah. Both the dad and the zaddy of this. My series. first year at Rutgers, I made like two friends. One I hosted a radio show with, and another we watched Buffy together. Uh-huh. And I now you're even, combining both of them. I, I know, right? <laughs> and I can't even remember her name, but we watched Buffy together, and I remember her saying that all she wanted was her Buffy and Giles to hook up. And I remember being Ooh. like, "What? No, no, that's like supposed to be her dad. That's wrong." And she was like, "No, like I think they're gonna hook up by the end of the show." No. Right? <laughs> well, you know what? No. There, are people, there have been wronger opinions. <laughs> yeah, but not too many. What I'm trying opinion. to think is there other. Have there ever been other media where someone hooks ends up trying to like get touchy feely with their like de facto dad? I'm there is another movie or a show like that. Well, like Thirty 
Rock played around with that a little bit. Oh, with yeah, with Liz and he's and... not supposed to be her dad necessarily, but he's supposed to be a mentor. And I and there they were very aware of the fact that like some people watching the show thought that the show was building towards yeah Jack and and Liz and Tina Fey so didn't want that that they like she like made jokes of that which I'm glad show, yeah which, yeah um, me too. Boardwalk Empire Michael Shannon literally has sex with the woman that plays his mother. That's oh. like a plot. I think I may have bailed by them. Oh, yeah. Or wait, is it Boardwalk Empire? Yeah, no, Michael no, Shannon. No, you're thinking of Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt, right. Michael oh. Shannon was also on that show, but Michael Pitt, yes, yes. with Gretchen Maul. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I always, literally all I think of that is I once saw the picture of like a screen cap of that. Yes. And with the caption, I'm not like, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. <laughs> oh, no! So I think of that. Oh, God. <laughs> also, I've never watched Boardwalk Empire. I just know. You're fine. Yeah. You're honestly fine. Anyway, back yes. to Buffy. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so with Xander's arc and him having to, also the fact that somehow the stake penetrates Jesse just by a gentle push <laughs> into, into Xander. They're very inconsistent with, with like with, yeah. stake technology at this point. I mean, like, even up until like season three, I feel like they're still yeah. Pretty sometimes like, they're like you know, yeah. it's a very clear where they're like, oh, you missed the heart, and it's like, where is this heart? Right. Yeah, it's like the heart's like here. Like, right. And well, then, and it's also it's just like with you know the crude sort of CGI and so like. Sarah's just sort of like swinging yeah. into whatever <laughs> space. She's like close enough. She got him. <laughs> I like that very first vampire that gets dusted where like she stakes him. He's off screen for like a couple seconds. You don't know where he is. And all of a sudden he hits the ground and it's oh, this very like, like clear mist of just like. <laughs> I do enjoy the way that those dustings got increasingly more technological. Like when In, uh, it yeah. became skeleton by season seven, it was like skeletons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you I see like of, the, yeah, the flesh. I, read, I don't skeleton. remember. I don't remember the number, but I remember at the time, like, them saying how expensive that was for their budget to, like... Really? Like, that was the most expensive thing they did was a vampire dusting per episode. So that's why lots of times, if she's slaying more than one, it's like... She does... Somebody off-screen, like, throws a little, like, pile of, like... Yeah. Yeah. And, like, one of them actually, like, turns to dust. In the unaired pilot, which we didn't actually discuss, when Darla gets dusted... At like the very end of the episode, yeah. and when she gets dusted, literally she falls on the ground and she fades out into a pile of dust. Like they just fade out of her, like her body fades oh, that's out, interesting. and there's just dust. <laughs> yeah, that's a little anticlimactic for sure. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So where do you think? Do you feel like the Xander arc then? Once he has to like take care of Jesse, and like it was, I felt like it was hard to build up stakes to that because. We don't have any kind of history for them whatsoever. That's I. I actually I buy that. I I I definitely agree with that. But one thing that's interesting, and even I mean, we're gonna get more into even even the next two episodes, is they they focus a lot on Xander, and they don't focus that much on Willow. No. In, in the very beginning, she takes longer to develop, but they yeah. certainly like. But I mean, by then, by the end of the show, she's the main character. By, in a lot of by ways. then, that balance gets shifted, and then some. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they're really intent on like what it means to be a sick like there's there's a kind of parallel going on with like Buffy's struggle being like a sixteen year old girl who's a slayer. Yeah. And Xander's being a sixteen year old boy who's yeah. in love with a very powerful woman and is unsure of himself and Yeah, oh totally. I feel like also so this episode we get our first glimpse of Harmony. Yeah. Who is in the computer oh lab with Cordelia being mean girls to Willow. 
So that scene, okay, you know how on Twitter people will do, like, um, things where you tell a story in, like, four pictures? Yes. I want to turn the whole Willow telling them to use Deliver, deliver. instead <laughs> into four pictures, because it's a perfect, like, Cordelia asking her. And yeah, then, she and says Deliver, and they look at each other and like, huh? And then they do it. And, and then, then it goes she, away. And then, and then, like, a Cordelia reaction shot. <laughs> yes. It's a perfect four-point, four-part story. Oh, my God. It's such good, like sneaky and also perfectly appropriate yeah again, it's like they're super mean to her without even like i guess at this point she at least engages them first when yeah she's like, buffy's not a weirdo buffy's whatever it's actually yeah. like a huge that is a huge character moment for willow that like, she speaks up. thinking yes. that yeah from just one episode ago where she was seeing the softer side of sears yes. to being able to talk back to cordelia yeah throw like vicious shade at her in the yeah. form of like giving her a zero on <laughs> yeah wait can we also talk about the fact that it's 97 and they're in a computer coding class yes that's definitely a little odd it feels weird right like i that was when i was a junior in high school we took our first like computer class where like we learned about basic things like basic html was like, and stuff like yeah that. so like i could sort of maybe see that that like maybe even if they were like a really good public school that like we're a little but like cordelia's not going to be like in any advanced classes no. like <laughs> hey know? she did really well on her sats oh because everybody on these teen shows always do <laughs> suspiciously well on their sats because they want them all to go to whatever college they want to put uc them in. sunnydale yeah especially <laughs> Like, all I remember, remember when, like, when I can't be the only one who watched Saved by the Bell when I was a little kid. Like, you were, you're young. Did you watch Saved I by mean, the Bell? I mean, yeah, I actually, like, would not like it, but I would still watch I it. I still remember being actively galled, and I was such a, like, I was, got such good grades in high school, and I was a little, like, jerk or whatever. Um, but I remember being actively mad that, like, Zach Morris got, like, really good SAT scores. And I'm just like, no, he didn't. He's not smart. That's not his character. He can be cool, he can get girls, but he can't also get good SAT scores. Like, that's not the right. way the world works. Stop it. I also love, I mean, one of my favorite things about later on UC Sunnydale is how, in the beginning, they describe um, Sunnydale is a one Starbucks town. Yes. But then for the sake of the show, they have to keep exp- expanding how big Sunnydale is. Yes. Because eventually there's vineyards and wineries. And <laughs> God, I didn't a, even think about and that. And it's a college also, campus. Yes. And oh my like, God. Yeah, they have their own college. They have their own... The vineyard thing is very funny. Yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> the vineyard. Oh, that's an old Sunnydale. Like, they probably, they probably <laughs> have that. Like, they do make a joke about it. In season, in season five, they make a joke where... When they're going to Dracula's castle, Riley's like, or maybe, yeah, Riley's like, I've lived in Sunnydale, blah, 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 years. You know what I never noticed? And Giles is like, what? And he's like, a big honking castle. <laughs> and like, I always I, think of like, at least they're aware I've of I've maybe it. only ever seen that episode once, maybe twice. That's one of my favorite I, premieres. I need to, I, watching it again will be very interesting. Because I, re- I remember not liking it at all. Well, I remember time. like them advertising the fuck out of it like we are bringing Dracula to Buffy and you thought he was gonna be and the like... WB was like so into advertising that it was gonna be Dracula's but on that the was show. such a Trojan horse because then you got everybody to watch and then the big thing at the end of that episode is that yes, introduced yes, Dawn. yes. Dawn, yeah. Um, but yeah I remember not caring for that episode for whatever reason that's one of my like good like one off episodes I like to watch it is it definitely plays like a one off which I guess most of their premieres kind of do is that they wait for like second or third episode yeah. to kick like the season oh yeah I think if you look at most most seasons the third episode is when they actually get to plot and they just like try to wrap up I mean Glory doesn't even come in in season 5 till like the 5th episode Adam doesn't come in until episode 13 oh that's true yeah yes that's true (laughs) although the real villain in the early going in season 4 is adjusting to college 
uh, well, yeah. life is the big bad of season six, yeah. according to Justin. <laughs> I mean, in the special features on uh, the DVD, it is totally true. We, oh my god, we're gonna have time talking about season six, um, <laughs> but we're not there yet. Yeah. So okay, so. What else do we have to talk about in this episode? There's, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's a lot of more, like, the master's more the master than ever in this episode. Like, I feel like the, yeah, the rumor mill about Buffy sort of, like, really gets going. I like the way that the early seasons characterized Sunnydale in a very concrete way, where, like, I can't remember whether it's in season one or later in season two when they start talking about how, like, Sunnydale forgets like on its own they yeah. sort of like willfully ignore she mentions that at the beginning of this episode she, she does i think yeah she's like oh did you think it was just like some dust that blew by because that's what i thought the first time i saw right the right right and then and it, it, it both offers the show a little bit of like a get out of jail free card yeah. and that like these crazy fucked up things can happen at the bronze all the time and nobody ever thinks to like close down the bronze or anything like that i mean i've been watching i just finished watching veronica mars with my boyfriend and i yeah. literally was like at least in Buffy, they were on the Hellmouth. Like, there's, like, not even, like, that. <laughs> I know, so much crime happens <laughs> yeah. in, in, what's from Kamala's town? Neptune. Neptune. Yeah. Like, everyone is murdered, like. Everybody. No, <laughs> it's true. I feel like that's that becomes true of, like, any long-running TV show. Yeah. It's just, like, all the shit that happens in this town. Like, <laughs> well, people move. Why? Well, and Buffy even referenced that. By the end, everybody has moved out of Sunnydale. That's because true. they know, again, without even knowing it, that, like, something bad Bad's is Bad's happening, yeah. Um, so I sort of like that, the way they sort of characterize the town as sort of like a living organism almost. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is also, I mean, let's, let's face it, right? Like during the harvest, there's basically like a, some kind of mini like terrorist attack in this town. Yeah. Not one journalist writes about it. No. Like, there's like no one gets sent to the bronze and is like, hey. That was never a storyline they pursued is like some like ambitious little journalist like digging into. Right. A Veronica Mars in, in oh the my Buffy God. town. That would actually have been kind of amazing. Who's like, like um, what's happening Buffy? Like something <laughs> is up because you're always at the center of yes. these things. Because like also Cordelia is about to get bit and like Buffy saves her. Yeah. And like, I don't think she ever actually acknowledges that. She just chooses to be like, still be mean Do to Buffy. Do we ever see Cordelia's parents ever? No, I feel no, like that's I don't like think so. no because we we uh, the only the 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 time that Buffy that Cordelia gets her own plot is more season three when she starts working at the dress shop. But even then, she right. just says like Daddy and his taxes. Right. But you never see Daddy. You never see. And even on Angel, like that's just sort yeah. of well, left yeah. entirely in the past. So that's very interesting. Um, but yeah, I feel like ultimately the heavy lifting is done in Welcome to the Hellmouth. Yeah. I think Harvest sort of moves you a little bit into like what the week in week out of the show is going to be in terms of the mix of the high school stuff and the big monster stuff obviously the master is left in place to sort of drive plot through the rest of the first season darla does not get you know staked as originally planned um angel is left to be a weird um but yeah i think like i it's easy to see why critics at the time were really, really into this because it's something completely different than anything that was on. It was uh, smart in the ways about genre. And, like, this was back when, like, that wasn't a thing. Like, you yeah. didn't get critical respect by being smart about genre back then. Like, that, yeah. there were lawyer shows and cop shows, and, like, those were the good shows on TV. And 
Joss Whedon basically had to like carve out a niche I mean, for I, himself. That's why it's such a big deal. Like yeah. now, the idea of like okay, like a teen who needs to fight demons and everyone's like shitty about it and makes right. jokes. Okay, that's not that's like a zombie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, but back then that was like wasn't a thing. Right. Like, I think um, one of the things that they do in the harvest that they are um, that Joss Whedon really kind of beats you over the, the head with in, in the first few episodes is making this a metaphor about, like, girlhood and all this stuff. High school is hell, And Well, so when um, Buffy is trying to go to the bronze, which, first of all, like, it's when she has to sneak out and and she kind of puts her foot down because she got a call from Principal Principal Flutie saying that she left school premises. Every time I see Principal Flutie, by the way, I'm always just like, TikTok, man. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to last long. Poor Principal Flutie. And, like, um, she says to her, like, everything is life and death when you're a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. Like, and it's just, like... <laughs> because your life is a metaphor as a vampire slayer. Right, exactly. <laughs> your life but also, a like, slayer. that was the hook that got that show noticed. And that was the hook yeah. that got critics really on board with it, is, like, look at how smartly this show is doing this metaphor of, you know, this is what it's like to be a teen girl in high school all of the horrors have become, like, literalized in front of your eyes. It's almost like... Have you guys been watching Big Little Lies? Oh, I love Big Little So Lies. I love it. Yeah. My only issue is that they are consistently winking at the camera to tell you someone's gonna be murdered. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I already know someone's gonna be murdered. Stop. Yeah, you have all these flash forwards, you see. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, 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 I yeah. already know that. You don't need to say, I want to kill her. Like, Laura yeah. Dern literally says that. Yeah. Um, And so I feel like... At least with this, it's like they are doing it like heavy-handed, but like I don't know. I well, I also feel like it's such a like it's not a subtle like it's a show about vampires. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it can like it doesn't, doesn't have, to, have to necessarily be like Ibsen or anything like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> although that's his next challenge is to do supernatural Ibsen. Super, like, I cannot wait to see Supernatural Hedda Gabler. Oh my god! Dying. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Doll, that's what Dollhouse was originally supposed to be. Was a well, doll. Welcome to the Dollhouse. <laughs> the cannot hear the Dollhouse. You doll guys, house once we're done over. with the Buffy podcast and we do the Dollhouse podcast, um, it's gonna be on and popping. I am literally ready. the Dollhouse podcast will be so lit. I love Dollhouse. Me too. I love Dollhouse. What the fuck is wrong with both of you? Oh my god, this is gonna be great. You're gonna be yelling at us for like Dollhouse. Dollhouse is fucking amazing. Dollhouse I is wrong with you. was working as a student worker at New School in my grad program, watching that. Every shift being like, I fucking hate this. Why am I watching this? <laughs> it was so frustrating. And yet when it came together, I thought it was so beautiful. I did think season two was good. It just... So was the end of season one. Anyway, we'll talk about it some yeah. This is our Buffy uh, podcast. Again, our Dollhouse podcast. Again, tweet at us. I yes. love Dollhouse. At Joe Reed. Um, <laughs> anything else, you guys? Team before Ian. we... Uh, um, do, you think, do you think that... Um, I think this is something I'm going to bring up a lot. I I think that Buffy doesn't know what to do with Cordelia. And that the first two episodes... Like the show, show Buffy yeah, doesn't know what to do with Cordelia. Yeah, the show doesn't know what to do with Cordelia. Well, and I want us to like, be they able to know, talk they about They really it know like, what to do with her at the very, very, very beginning of the right, first Right, she's yes. a plot device in the first episode. Yes. And then the second episode, I feel like a lot of the times, actually, they need Cordelia as the person to have something happen, happen. to her. Yeah. Yes, she is the designated damsel, damsel in distress a lot of times. She's also... The outsider voice sort of looking in at everything and being like, this is really strange, well, So is she like a Greek chorus? Kind of a little Well, bit. it's funny because like they always say like they were trying to figure out a replacement. Anya ended up being her replacement. And they very much 
what you just said also applies to Anya. Like, she also was the outsider looking in. They also eventually didn't know what to do with her. Yes. And, like, I feel like... But those characters always worked really well, but, like, they definitely, yeah, plot-wise, didn't always know what to do with those Well, even, like, the fact that she's as involved in the events of Prophecy Girl as she is is always strange to me because it's, like, she hadn't really joined the group yet. She never had... There's never, That's when to she, me, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I, ne- I never felt like there was, going into that episode, that there was a reckoning with Cordelia where she was like, okay, I know I was being super Cordelia about it. Yeah. And I apologize. Like, if she weren't in the opening credits, we would probably find it strange that she was, like, always around. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, is, like, I actually... So I want to, like, be in Joss Whedon's head, because we all know when we write fiction, or when we write a show or whatever, like, you start with the characters, and you're like, these are my characters. Yes. Like, why was Cordelia one of the main characters? And I never feel like season one answers that question. Yeah. Because there's time and time again um, where something happens to her, but it could have happened to anyone. Yes. Like in the next episode in which she goes blind periodically. Yes. I mean, uh, temporarily. Yeah. <laughs> different, different efforts. But like, you're right. That could have been Harmony. That could, or any or any random person taking driver's ed. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah, so things happen to her, but they don't, it doesn't Do have to be her, and was... I want to know why Cordelia's there, and I never really feel like I get that answer. Well, and it clearly was supposed to be a big, important role, because, like, that was, Sir Michelle Geller had tried out for Cordelia. And Charisma role. Carpenter tried, tried out for Buffy. Tried out for yeah. Buffy, and they ended up switching them. Yeah, yeah. and I think, um, I mean, I think also it has to do, and I think that's why I brought it up, because it has to do with the high school as hell metaphor, like, having the most popular girl at school antagonize you, yes. and in, in reality... She is powerless, and Buffy has all this power, but yeah. she's on the lower end of the social yeah, scale. Yeah, Cordelia was always there to remind you that just because Buffy is, like, stereotypically beautiful, pretty teen girl, that she's not cool, that she's not in, that she is an outsider. And the best and way even to though do she's that, saving all their lives. Right. Yeah. The best way to do that is to have a queen be there who is constantly, like, just, like, walking by and talking shit and walking past. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, she would, and literally, like... So many times she would just, like, go out of her way to just, like, stop by that group. And just be like, um, study hall's canceled, and also, Xander, you suck. <laughs> Buffy, you're free. Cordelia is Why actually, are you talking to me, bye? Cordelia like, is actually the yeah. low-key shade master. Oh, not even low-key. Like, a yeah. high-key <laughs> shade master. And I think there should be more <laughs> gifts. I, I'm going to make it a, a make dude it a, of mine. To get more Cordelia shade gifts out there. I mean, the softer side of Sears is, is it's Cordelia is kind of made for Twitter in a way that I was like, say, she would have the most followers. She would have the most followers on Twitter out of all oh, of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she would have made me cry on Twitter. But like, she should be a Twitter icon in a way that like, <laughs> yeah, like Bob the Drag Queen is a Twitter icon. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's why like Drag Race has had like people for Buffy be like judges, right? What, they've had Eliza? They've had... Was it Elsa Henry or no? I don't know. I no, don't, I don't, wasn't. Oh, wait, whisper. I don't actually watch Drag Race. <gasps> I You're admitting that? Yeah. It's on the record. It's on, yeah, you've recorded this. <laughs> you know out. this is being recorded, right? It's going out to all of gay Twitter. Um, I think it's only Eliza Dushku. Oh, I it? could be wrong. Although, like, honestly, Sarah Michelle Gellar on Drag Race would be amazing. Because, like, she's so not... Like, I yeah. always feel like she's such a, like... You know, she's a little bit separate from that yes. whole fandom. She's always been very, like, I gracious yeah. and lovely with her fans. But it never felt like she was, like, in that kind of, like, 
She's not like the Felicia Day. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, no, she'll never be that. Or like Eliza yeah. Dushu, who goes to Comic-Con, was yeah. in Drag Race. Oh, and right? then did yeah. Dollhouse yeah. and other, you know, True job. Calling, like, come yeah. on. True, when are we doing the True Calling podcast? Two of you! True uh, Calling. I can't st- I can't even stand by True Calling. No, True Calling, I, I can't. But Dollhouse, I will I will lay on the train tracks for Dollhouse. Me too, me too, I will. <laughs> we'll be doing Angel first. How about then you know- Wait, wait, speaking of things, Whoa, 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 whoa. you're not turning this around. You're not turning this around. I'll admit, I have not seen the last three seasons of Angel. I was the last two, and then I stopped. Season two is the best season. I know Illyria happens. Season okay. five is the best season of Angel. Oh, oh. Right, now this is a whole other argument. Ah. Season okay. five is garbage. Anyway. You're garbage! <laughs> and so ends. So and this is Slayer's a, no waiting. Honestly, like, yeah, this is like a real Thank housewives level fight. Thank you for listening to fight. our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, we will be back next week to talk about, somebody remind me the title of the third the episode. The Witch. The Witch. And then Teacher's oh, Pet. Amy, you guys. We yeah. We'll, be, we'll be discussing two episodes yes. next week, The yeah. Witch and Teacher's Pet. So if you want to prepare, um, watch but also those. podcasts live forever, so you can watch it and listen right. to us whenever. Whenever you want. And you can also tweet at us whenever you want. Yes. Uh, Ian, what is your Twitter handle? At IanXCarlos. Matthew, what is your Twitter handle? At Matthew, with one T, Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. And I am at Joe Reed, J-O-E-R-E-I-D. Um, yeah, get at us. Talk, you know, give yeah. us some love. We I'm, need it. We're I'm always talking needy. about Buffy. If there's so. anything you want to hear us discuss, let Absolutely. us know, too, because we want to do episodes that are not tied to, um, episodes of the podcast that are not tied to specific episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We are very much like David Boreanaz, learning as we go, and... <laughs> Picking oh up we're, we're our, our first two episodes that no. bad? No. <laughs> <laughs> if David Boreanaz is somehow ever listening to this. We're going to get like hate I'm the David Boreanaz of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, the Boreanaz of podcasts. <laughs> oh, anyway. Anyway, all right. Well, yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.